Eric Burns joining us right now on FT Lab. Man, Burnsy, you caught us on the ultimate day, dude. Great to see you. How you doing, man? So, yeah, it sounds like it is a hell of a day for you guys. It's, it's uh, pandemonium right now. Well, it's a pleasure to come on in the middle of the shit show. <laughs> dude, yeah. actually, it's perfect. It's That's perfect, perfect to have Burnsy on for a shit show. Yes. <laughs> we have What's no up, power dude? in our entire studio. How you doing? So, Burnsy, obviously, longtime big leaguer. I worked with him for years at MLB. You can listen to all of his content over at No Filter. And uh, Burnsy, I can't believe it's been this long and we haven't had you on the show. So, first off, how how was your off season observing what happened in Major League Baseball? Um, I mean, dude, off season, right? Like it's back in the day, it was a little different, I think, than. It is now, but ultimately we, you know, the way the games go, I like the Rendon story, the fucking uniforms, you try to think about all the things that will, you know, stir up the controversy before the, the games get going. But it was fun to watch the Rangers do what they did last year, that Bruce Bochy uh, taking over and leading them immediately to a championship is just so next level. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. Dude, I was sipping tequilas with this guy maybe a week or two before he ended up taking that Rangers job. And I just, I could see it in his eyes. Like he looked better than he ever had. And he just had this thing about him that said, I, I'm not done yet. And so it was fun to watch him do that. But again, like I'm going to throw it to you guys. First of all, fantastic fucking job on everything you guys are doing here. Obviously very in line with what we create over at no filter network. And we just try to keep things as authentic as possible, but give me a little insight into this uniform debacle going on right now there is no insight they suck if every player has come out and said they pretty much suck <laughs> you know you want you like your pants extra tight well they don't make extra tight anymore because you can't get them custom fitted so you might have to go baggy style you know so you'd, you'd be like wait what am i doing here this isn't i can't show off my quads if i have baggy pants right so i we don't know everyone's kind of complaining there's been a few guys have said they're okay but listen most guys fucking hate them let's be serious yeah, and then what's the next move with that? Because basically, I saw Tony Clark had some remarks about it, and it's just, yeah, it's interesting. You're right. I, I like the Euro cut. Keep them nice and tight. I mean, you don't spend all that time in the weight room doing squats not to be able to show your ass off when you're in the game. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, again, like it's kind of fun to see what we're going to pick on next. Anthony Rendon thing, I talked about it this morning on the Daily Hustle and No Filter. I – I don't know where you guys stand on this. It, it's really interesting to me because, you know, he does have a good point on a few things. Number one, a lot would argue that the major league baseball season is too long. And then him saying that baseball is not his top priority and his faith and his family come first. Obviously there's nothing wrong with that. I think the overall thing that I brought up in the situation was dude, when you go into a locker room, it's one thing if the fans have a perception of you. It's another when the you know the the front office has a perception of you. But when you're looking at the guy on the right and looking at the guy on the left, like those guys fucking matter to me. Those guys mean something. And so if that guy's looking at me like I'm not all in, that's a little bit of an issue. So that's that that I, you know again, I would be interested to see how it plays out. He's got to be healthy and he's got he's got to play well. But obviously the comments and everything he said coming off of the limited time that he's been playing, just no bueno. All right. Well, first of all, you would have loved the new pants because they're see-through. So everyone would have been able to tell what, what quarter, what year quarter you have in your pants. Secondly, 
What do you say to Rendon? If your locker's in between Rendon and Trout, what do you say? What, what do you say as a at different points in your career? You know, you're a player that's out there and you want to play every single day as hard as you can, and you looked at it and you look at him and you're like, I don't know that he's on board. That's an issue, Eric. You know that, man. Like, I, I want guys that are willing to go to battle with me. I don't care if we're talking youth baseball, if we're talking about the highest level in the big leagues. I, I need somebody that cares. And, yeah, is it is it bigger than your faith? No. Is it bigger than your family? Absolutely not. But if you want to be great, you've got to be fucking obsessed. And Kobe Bryant used to say he made the world his library. Everything he did in his life was with the intent of becoming a better basketball player. Well, look. You guys know, as well as I know, that the shelf life of playing this game is, is it's short, right? And at some point, it's going to end. And I'd hate to look back upon my career at all at any point and think that, man, I just, I wish I would have given it more here, given it more there. And I sure as hell wouldn't want to be playing next to a dude that's not all in. And even if he has outside interest, at least I know when he's at the yard, when he's on the field, he's willing to give it everything he has. These guys are fighting for dollars and cents out there. And it matters because the guy next to you is making you better. So even if you want to look at it as a like selfish prick mentality, it's still, you guys got to work together towards a common goal. And, you know, it's just the timing of it is, is head scratching. I think probably more than anything, I do like the fact that he didn't shy away from his comments. He then went and doubled down on them. But now at this point, I think it's got to be, hey, look, I, when I put my name on that dotted line, I signed that contract. And I don't care if it was for $200 million or if it was for 20 bucks. You made a commitment at that point. So go out there and fulfill your commitment. Give it everything you have. Shit, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least I know I went out there and put my fucking balls on the line. I mean, it's... If you look at the history of contracts, a lot of these just don't work out. It's just the way it is. You get paid, whether we like it or not, based on what you've done in the past. So he's not the first to have this happen to. Yet, at the same time, I, I think you, you got to have some pride, man. Uh, you're, you're out there. You're setting an example. If, if your family does matter, you're setting an example for your family, setting an example for friends. You're setting an example for all the kids that are look up to Anthony Rendon and he's a hell of a ball player too. So I just want to see him get healthy. I want to see him play his ass off and he can shut everybody up. Yeah. I can't see you making those comments, Bernsey, after playing against you for a long time. I mean, I, I remember you as an Oakland A. I know you went on to Diamondbacks and did some other things, but I remember you as an Oakland A. What, what are your thoughts on Oakland? And you, you keep talking about shit shows. I mean, you want to talk about the ultimate shit show? What's happening in Oakland and what Major League Baseball is allowing it is the ultimate shit show. Yeah, AJ, it's sad because I know you played there when we would pack it in with, yeah, maybe not necessarily 60,000, but I, I used to always like to say we had the best 12,000 fans in all of baseball. And then the Giants would come into town and, you know, we would be able to finally fill the stadium. But the Oakland A's fans are there. They always have been there. Now, that said, we were in, geez, my first year was 2000. In 2000, they were talking about getting a new stadium. And so here we are, 24 fucking years later. 
and it has not happened. That's a problem. We've had teams like the Braves and the Rangers go through two stadiums since these guys ended up to say, well, we want one, but I don't care who you want to blame it on. You want to blame it on the A's, blame it on the A's. You want to blame it on Fisher, blame it on Fisher. You want to blame it on the city of Oakland, blame it on the city of Oakland. Guess what? As an A's fan, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. The bottom line is there's no stadium. And so you had to do something. Sure enough, Manfred came out and he's like, look, it, it hasn't been able to get done. Now, were there roadblocks there? Did people intentionally try to block it? Was the plan to move to Vegas all along the number one plan? Maybe it was. But at this point, and I, I've told my wife this the other day, I'm like, I'm probably, and I live up in Tahoe now, but I'm like, it, it's a lot easier for me if we were to take the family to a game I'd hop on a flight. I'm in Vegas in 45 minutes and I'd make a whole event out of it. I think it'd be awesome to be able to go down there and see him as opposed to the Coliseum. Now, look, the Coliseum's speaking of shit shows and toilet bowls and everything. That's our toilet bowl, right? We love it. But at the same time, it's just not suitable for Major League Baseball. So then, uh, you know, with all this happiness, like we finally have some resolution. They're going to Vegas. The fucking mayor of Las Vegas comes out and is like, nah, stay in Oakland. We don't need you. That was, that's just asinine on her part. It's just stupid. I, you know, now you're looking at it. And if you're the ace, number, I don't give a shit what she said. I, onward, upward, we're coming. We're going to make this happen. It will be successful. It's a proven model already, right? You got the Golden Knights. You have the Raiders that have been doing really well. It's just this is going to work. This will be the number one destination for visiting teams fans to come to who is not always looking for an excuse to go to Vegas. Burns. I'm just going to counter you with the ownership group. I think that is the core problem. And obviously if it was a perfect world, we could just boot an owner like this. We all know that that can't happen. I mean, dude, they can't even come up with real renderings in a ballpark right now. I mean, in Las Vegas. So I'll counter you and say that it's a poisonous owner to the sport. He doesn't like baseball. He actually grew up a Giants fan. He's been quiet quitting on his own fans and the stadium situation for a long time. So this is a huge stain on Major League Baseball because this is the wrong group to basically bring an expansion franchise to a different city. Because we all know Vegas wants their own brand. That's actually what made the Golden Knights so successful from the jump. They, everyone associates John Fisher with the Oakland A's at this point, and that is a massive problem. This should be a new team with a new name, and this group can't get a freaking deal done, dude. They, they still haven't come out with basically any details on how this is going to look. That's not Vegas's fault. That is all on this ownership group. So I think they are showing us their true colors and why there's been such a problem in Oakland to be able to get something done. You even have Joe Lacob quietly coming out, not wanting to go completely full throttle against the ownership group because I think he genuinely wants to be a part of owning a team in that area at some point. But I just think on what you're saying, a lot of it has to do with one name and then a few people that work below him. And they're going to embarrass our sport in Vegas too because they have no idea how to run a successful major league franchise and bring baseball to a city that deserves to have its own team with a real owner. Okay. N number one, I disagree with you in the fact that 
Vegas needs or wants their own brand. Vegas took on the Raiders and it was no problem. The Oakland A's, this is a storied franchise with awesome tradition dating all the way back to Philadelphia. They went from Philadelphia to Kansas City to Oakland. They've been champions in Philadelphia. I know obviously been champions in Oakland. It's a great brand. I feel like I've seen more A's hats now too in Northern California than I've seen in the longest time. This franchise matters. I think Vegas would open their arms for this franchise. Now, whether or not the issue is the ownership group, everybody would argue, everybody <laughs> within and outside of the system, yeah, they don't they don't think this is the right group to get it done. If that's the case, well, I, I think that's a question that you're going to have to have Commissioner Manfred, you know, uh, pose to Fisher and company. Uh, let's go back a little bit for a second and let's call it 10 years. I'll share this with you guys. Joe Lake of, uh, I knew him from a club that we both belong to. And when they were doing renderings of the new basketball arena, I believe it's called the Chase Center in San Francisco, gorgeous, uh, with the same group, I believe, they did this awesome ballpark, which would have been down by Jacqueline Square on the wharf, on the water, and everything else. And I had heard rumors that Joe had really wanted to get into Major League Baseball. So I reached out to him and I basically said, look, man, I said, if this does come to fruition and his plan was 100% to keep the A's in Oakland and to make this ballpark happen. Well, I, I just asked if I could be involved. I wanted in, in a, look, I wasn't looking for a freebie. I wanted to, I wanted to invest my own money, my time, my energy, and however I could help make it happen. So I do know Joe Lacob, for a long time has been interested. And we had the conversation and basically what Joe said is he's like, Burns, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do it. Love to get you involved. He's like, they're just not for sale and there's nothing I could do about it. So is now the time he's obviously proven that, you know, he can handle what it takes to own a professional sports team. But I, you know, to think that Vegas needs their own brand, Scott, I think that's bullshit, dude. I, you know, that's, it's an easy cop out and for whatever reason, not wanting them there, but they're doing just fine with the Raiders. And I think, I think the, the whole A's and, and the A's are a fan base. We would go back. This is what no one knows about. We go back to like fucking Pittsburgh, like weird places. And you would have this contingency of A's fans. You're like, dude, like where'd they come from? And they're like, oh, my great-grandfather was a Philadelphia A's fan. And so every time you guys are on the East Coast, we come out here. There is a legit fan base for the A's in general, and I don't think it matters whether they're playing in Oakland or playing in Las Vegas. Can anybody beat the Dodgers? Is it going to happen, or are we just going to see? Because I'm giving you the field, and, or are you taking the Dodgers? I am taking the Dodgers and the Braves, and I'm giving you guys everybody else. Jesus, I'll take that. You guys, you guys want that? No, no, that wasn't the question. No, he said the just Dodgers. The question is the Dodgers. The question is yeah. the Dodgers, not? Not, dude. The Dodgers are plus 350 to win the fucking World Series. Plus 350. 
Like, think about that. If it, In football betting terms, AJ, something tells me you like to lay some action on football games. In football betting terms, <laughs> like, that, that basically would be like a, you know, 10-point underdog, maybe even more, expecting them to go out there and win the game outright? It's not happening. I don't want to say it's not happening. Could it happen? Sure. Is it more likely than not to happen? No. So that's what you have to remember about this team. But I'll sit here and argue over and over and over again that the best team is not always the team that wins the World Series. Every single year the Giants won the World Series. They were not the best team in baseball. They were the hottest team at the right time. The best team is what happens over the course of 162 games. And the Dodgers have consistently proved they're the best team. Now, if they want rings and they want championships, that's a whole different ballgame. You got to go build the team for the sprint. Look, they're deep. They're exciting. Uh, I Everyone can say whatever they want about the Dodgers. You know, Will Clark's specific quote was, fuck the Dodgers. He's my deuce's wild <laughs> partner here on No Filter Network. And... And I get it, but you know why you know why he said fuck the Dodgers? Because they're out there getting better. They leave no stone unturned. They're doing this how we wish every team would try to do this. So I think that the Dodgers are good for baseball. I love DR. Uh, it's UCLA guy. He's the right man to, uh, to, to, lead, to lead that group right there. He's very humble. Uh, he, he's I, with Bob Guerin next to him. I, Bob was one of my favorite managers I ever played for. He took a lot of heat when he was in Oakland. Bullshit, man. I played for him in the minor leagues. I played for the Dominican. He's goofy. He says funny stuff all the time. But I think Bob's one of the most brilliant minds that I've ever been around in the game of baseball. So you have those two guys as the bench coach. And the man. Like, they have it all. The only thing they don't have other than the Asterix championship in 2020 uh, is, is, are, are the rings. So I... I think over the course of the next 10 years, I this team's built for longevity. It's not like, it, you know, they're just going to disappear, whatever, in the, in the next few years. It, what they've been doing year in and year out, is it's super impressive. Okay. Right, so Burns, here's I got the bet. Oh, Hold go on, ahead, Scott. I got, a quick, I got a quick question on this. Would you, would you take more Dodgers wins this year or more A's losses? Which one's going to be a higher number? Wow. Great question. You got to figure the Dodgers OU total is going to be sitting somewhere in that 102 range, 102 to 105 range. I The A's, God bless them, double sky point. I mean, dude, this is dead man walking into this season. I it, What's disturbing about the A's at this point is that it's not like they have a slew of prospects coming up. I don't know where they, it, they, where they went wrong there. Uh, that, that's where it's – we always had great prospects. Even if we weren't great in the big leagues, you, you had the prospects coming. So this could be a team that loses 110, 115 games. Yeah, so on that note, I'd probably say more A's losses. But let's not – I just want to bring up his name because – one of my favorite teammates I ever had and somebody who's been put in a very difficult position, Mark Kotze. I, I hope that the outside world doesn't look at him as a manager and base it on the wins-loss records of the A's. I think this guy's going to be a really good manager. He is a really good manager, and he's only going to get better as the years go on.
All right, Burns, I got two more for you. I'll ask them in one shot because I'm doing this show from a car. So number one, tell us about the new book. Give us the lowdown. Give us a little teaser. Don't give me the good parts. Just give me a little teaser of why I should be acquiring it. And then you can jump off that with what you would do if you were commissioner, not for a day, which I usually ask people, but for a year, what would you do? If you could do anything you want to the game, what would be some of your big goals? Okay, well, let's start with the book. So I don't know, you've, you guys have kids. I mean, I know Scott, I, I, I know you don't, uh, Eric and AJ. They do, but yep. Yeah, it, how involved in the travel ball scene that you guys have gotten or not gotten or anything. But essentially a few years ago, we started a team uh, called Let Them Play. It was myself, Troy Gloss, John Gall, a guy by the name of Josh Whitesell, all, all guys that had played the big leagues at one point. And we had a bunch of kids. They were, they were different ages. I think Colton, who was my kid, was seven, just turning eight at the time. We started as a 10U team. And one of the reasons why, the main reason why, really, was what we all noticed in the travel ball world, and literally, you could throw that in there as well, was the overcoaching that was going on. The fact that these coaches felt like they had to have their hand in everything, and they had to put their signature on it. The ultimate was one when I watched it. Colton came up. He was playing 8U at this point. I think he was 7. And he comes up with the bases loaded. And it's this coach pitch, right? Bases loaded, game on the line. I, he might have hit 900 that year. I mean, every, it was coaches, BP. And every then they put the cones out. And every hit was either a double or a homer. And he comes up. And he gets up there. And you just see him. He's locked. He's here and just ready to mash, right? And the coach goes, Colton, Colton. And you see him step out like a scared, you know, step you're like kind of looking like, hey, what's going on? And he goes, and Colton looks at him, he goes, gets up there, next pitch, right down the middle, maybe middle end, goes like this, pulls his hands inside. Ugh. Hits a ground ball at second base. Ball game over. So I was still working at MLB Network with Scott and Mark at the time, right? And I, so I wasn't really involved in this, but, you know, we're walking home after the game. I got my arm around. I'm like, yo, dude. I go, bro, you get in a situation like that, let it eat, man. I said, don't try to, don't try to push the ball the other way. I mean, what are you doing? He goes, daddy, I couldn't. I go, what do you mean you couldn't? He goes, the coach gave me the hit to right field sign. And it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck did he give you? <laughs> Daddy, they hit the right field sign. I, mean, I was just like, okay, this is it. So at this point, I knew I wanted to get involved. And this coincided with about the time when, you know, COVID hit. It was a shit show at MOB. And then I, it was like, okay, let's, let's reevaluate my, my life at this point. And, so when we started that team, and one of the first things that happened was we had a first and third situation. And by that, no, so now we're playing 10U, you know, 10U travel ball, first and third situation. The boys call timeout on their own. And this is the championship game. They call timeout on their own. Troy Gloss looks at me. He's like, you going to go out there? And I looked at Troy, and I'm like, yeah. And I kind of start walking out. And then I stopped. And I go, nah, they got this. And sure enough, 
dude, they had it. They put on the perfect play, right? You know the guy stealing from first. Pitcher, slide step, catcher, catcher fires to second, shortstop cuts it off, turns around, fires home. Perfectly executed play, except it trickle off the catcher's glove and the tying run came in to score. But none of it mattered because we gave them the autonomy to call that on their own. It's like, it's amazing what can happen when parents and coaches get the fuck out of the way. There's no other way to put it. And so our team became known as let them play. And that was it. And so what we have here, as we now have expanded, it's a parenting and coaching guide to use sports. It's 22 codes of conduct for players, coaches, and parents. It's, it's, I'd like to say it is a book that I wrote, obviously, but this is also something that has been developed by everybody within the organization over the past four years of doing this. And it's, it's changed, it's changed my life. I think it's changed a lot of people's lives and the way they approach things, but we coach the ability out of kids way too often. And so this concept and idea of letting them go out there and learn through trial air experience is, uh, is everything this is about. Love that. Love that. Fernsey. I appreciate it. We could, I could shoot. I got so much energy just listening to you right now. I wanted to hit on like a, you're looking like a mix between David Goggins and Giancarlo Stanton right now. So I appreciate you coming on here. Best of luck with the book. Let them, let them play. It's called. Yeah. Let them play a parenting and coaching guide to use sports. Go to, it was on Amazon. We sold out of it. And then uh, I, I don't know if they're back there yet. They are on ericburns.com, E-R-I-C-B-Y-R-N-E-S.com. Uh, you can also pick up a Daily Hustle coffee mug. And then if you guys see this and send me some Addies and I'll take care of you guys. But trying to get a little closer. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Flippy. So Flippy is our team mascot at No Filter and Let Them Play. And it's basically a stick figure with a double bird to the world. And it's not a negative connotation. It's, it's nothing negative. It's something that I had to explain this to my mother because she was a little disturbed by it. I'm like, Mom, Flippy represents uh, the, the, the FU that we all need to survive in this cutthroat world. But it's also about love and togetherness and not worried about what the outside world is going to say and the haters and the naysayers and to have your dreams and to follow your dreams and chase your dreams and stay on that path. And so, yeah, Flippy, we're just finishing. We're day 21 of the daily hustle, 22 day challenge. Uh, tomorrow's day 22 Flippy is the, uh, is the prize for the finishers, but we just made it available 22 bucks on ericburns.com uh, as well. So, and there's a whole description about who Flippy is and, and, you know, why we created them and what he represents and, and everything else. So you guys send me your Addies and uh, I'll send, I'll send some books and some flippies your way. Dude, that hat is fired too. Bernsey, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. But dude, anytime, dude, really, uh, really love what you guys are doing, man. It's I, I, you know, Scott and I had some long conversations from the beginning when you guys got this rolling and this is the future of broadcasting. It is. And it, 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 However, however you want to look at it, the authenticity, the, the realness of it, uh, you know, it's, it, it's everything. And so I, I, I really appreciate what you guys do and just keep up the great work. Thank, Thank you, Burns. You hear me? Gotcha, bro.
You got me, D- dude. I-, I lost connection for a sec, but la- last thing, um, y- give me one. Uh, well, where am I right now, uh, Bernsey? <laughs> one thing you want to change or do with the game? Uh, it, so could, it could be small, dude. It could be like no, hey, no, 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 the no, players no, mic'd why, up all why, game. Why the fuck would I go small? I obviously, <laughs> as you guys may may or may not have known, I've managed the Savannah Bananas and upon the launch of the world tour. And I've watched this thing now grow to uh, something that is beyond comprehension, the selling out Minute Maid Park in six minutes. And it's been incredible to see where this thing has gone. I think we could take a few pages out of the Banana Ball book. And where you want to start with that, I don't know. How about fans catching a foul ball and the batter being out? Involve the fans. Let them play is the mission here, boys. So, yeah. That sounds good for you, Burns, until you go to arbitration and they're like, hey, you hit 172 foul balls that the fans caught and they didn't count as your bats. You'd be like, oh, wait, I want to change that rule right back. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine, dude? Like you're out there battling 10, 12 pitch at bat. You freaking waste a nasty Randy Johnson slider down and away, AJ. You're like, ah, you know, ass out, but you're like, I'm fucking fighting, man. I say I, I can feel like I've seen this at bat by you 19,000 times. And then some seven-year-old girl in the front row wearing her overgrown softball mitt, just like, oh, look what I found, Daddy. You're out, AJ. See ya. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We'd all, we'd all want to play in Oakland because all that foul territory. Trust me. We'd all want to play You're in Oakland. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yes. Amen. Well, uh, Bernty, dude, great to see you. Yeah, we'll we'll post about the book and some of these clips, too. Thanks for catching us on the absolute shit show of a day. We do this every day, and I, I've never had it like this. So appreciate you, man. We'll bring you back at some point soon. Love what you're doing at No Filter. Love the book talk. And uh, always appreciate talking to you too, man. Perospera Adestra, boys. Through hardship to the stars. Always remember that. <laughs> oh, we're good. We're good. Good words, dude. Thank you. Eric right, Burns for this dude. on FT Live. Thanks, Burnsy.